Well, how's it going, everyone? Good to be with you uh, this weekend. Thanks to those uh, over at Montrose. It's good to see you. Glad to be with you. And those of you watching online. Uh, my name's Todd. I'm the pastor of student ministries here uh, at the Bath campus. Uh, the privilege of working with our middle school and our high school students and uh, grateful that I get to be with you uh, as we continue a conversation that we've been in in a series called uh, Superficial. And so um, grateful uh, just for the chance. Um, I've been at it uh, here at Grace for 13 years now. Uh, hard to believe it's been uh, that long. And I tell you, I love it. I love working with our, our young people here and what's weird is that they're really growing up and, and uh, we had our sixth graders move up and I'm like, oh, you weren't born when I started here. I'm like, this is trouble, all right? Um, but it's good. I, I absolutely uh, love what I get to do. And so uh, being with you uh, this weekend, my heartbeat is for us to uh, really continue and press in and, and pick up where uh, Pastor Jeff left off last week. And so uh, if you're newer and if this is your first time uh, and this is... Uh, your first time jumping into this conversation, that is totally fine. Uh, but do invite you to maybe go back, check out the app, and, and pick up uh, the messages that have happened over the past uh, handful of weeks. Um, in fact, over the course of the summer, we've been pressing into the book of Romans, uh, and specifically this um, uh, series of superficial, we're looking at Romans chapter 12. All right, and so uh, just kind of bring us up to speed of where this concept of superficial is stemming from, where we're learning to love others when sometimes it's easier to fake it. Uh, found in Romans chapter 12, let's go ahead and look at that. Uh, it says this in verse two, it says, don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world, but let God transform you. Let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will, which is good, pleasing, and perfect. All right, so we're not conforming to the behaviors and the custom of the world, but instead we're being transformed in our thinking. And then we continue on, if you fast forward to verse 9 through 10, it says, don't just pretend to love others, really love them. Hate what is wrong, hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with a genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Well, last week, Pastor Jeff was with us, and he <clears throat> helped us really understand this concept, right? Not to just pretend, and, and I'll be honest, I heard this message, and, and I left really convicted, um, because uh, he helped us understand what it means to love those who are difficult to love in our lives, and he shared uh, the story of a wonderful lady, Mary Lou, and, and he was very uh, transparent on Mary Lou, and, uh, but that was great. It was good, but I'll be honest, I was sitting here thinking, I'm like, oh man, I, I can think of those Mary Lou's in my life and, and how do I really love those who are difficult to love? And what I appreciate is that when it's possible for us, right, when it is possible to love those difficult individuals, uh, we've been given gifts, right? God has given us gifts to use to, to not just fake it, not to pretend, but to really love them. And so I I guess my heartbeat for us this week is to kind of pick up that conversation uh, and continue forward with that. And so as you take a look at Romans chapter 12, just the very next verse here, 11, says this, never be lazy, right? Don't be lazy with the gifts that God has given you. Don't be lazy in loving other people. Don't just pretend. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically, Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. 
always be eager, <clears throat> excuse me, to practice hospitality. All right. So, uh, like I said, I spend a lot of time working with the next generation. Uh, it's what I have the privilege of doing for, for a living, for a career. Uh, and so, I, I'm also going to be honest with you. Uh, I am really starting to not understand them. There is like a different language that has like developed amongst the young people that I probably, they're like, Todd, are you okay? You're like staring at me. And I'm like, I have no idea what you just said. And I'm trying to compute, all right? I'm trying to understand where you are coming from. But love working with young people. And I'll be honest, the reason why, excuse me, I was singing too hard the song before and I, I'm losing my voice. <clears throat> um, the reason why I love working with the next generation is because my life was radically impacted when I was in middle school. In fact, uh, that impact in my life that occurred in sixth and seventh grade, if it wasn't for that, I'm confident I wouldn't be standing with you uh, here today. Um, uh, sixth grade, uh, my parents were going through a divorce. Uh, my uh, dad had a, a drinking problem, and it was just causing conflict uh, between my mom and he. Uh, he couldn't hold a job, and mom had to start thinking what was best for her. Uh, but also me. I'm an only child. Uh, and so she was navigating. The last thing she wanted to do was to leave my dad, but she felt like she had no choice. And so I remember the end of my sixth grade year, uh, really coming home. It was the last day of school <clears throat> with my bags packed. And mom was like, you know, I came in. Mom was like, hey, uh, we're, gonna, we're leaving. I need you to go say goodbye to your dad. Uh, and what was interesting uh, for a 12-year-old, soon to be 13, navigating that and understanding it was foreign. I couldn't wrap my head around. So I just did what mom said. I went down. I'm like, hey, dad, we're, we're heading out. We're leaving. And I, I'll be honest, I didn't know that that was going to be the last time uh, that I would interact with my dad for 15 years. Uh, that was my final, like, goodbye for 15 years. Now, we're not going to press into that conversation, but that's the season that I was experiencing at 12, heading into 13 years old. At the same time, <clears throat> I started getting involved in the student ministry of uh, my little church back in central Pennsylvania. Uh, and when I say little church, our youth group was like 12 to 15, all right? But I was ready, and I was so excited to be able to jump in uh, to the student ministries uh, there at the church. And there was a youth pastor. Um, well, he was uh, an associate, and he oversaw the, the students there. Uh, his name was Matt. Uh, and Matt played a pivotal part uh, and a role in my life. Matt came alongside of me. Uh, he um, spent time with me. He took me under his wing. He was very intentional. Uh, he also spoke truth to me. He is the one that I credit him uh, introducing me to Jesus uh, my seventh grade year. Uh, we were on a retreat, and he made it very clear. He's like, listen, if you're not living a life for Jesus, let today be the day. And I'm like, I'm in, you know? And I, I basically uh, followed the direction that Matt set for me. <clears throat> and so he spoke truth uh, into my life. Um, he opened up his home. Him and his wife would have me over for a meal, appreciate that he brought me in in a season where uh, there was a lot of question and wrestling uh, in that area. Uh, and lastly, I have to credit Matt, he planted a seed in my life when it comes to being in ministry. I'll never forget, we were coming home from a concert. I, I can't remember the, the band, but we were coming home from a concert, and he's like, Todd, you know, I wouldn't be surprised uh, if God leads you down the path of pursuing ministry full-time as a pastor. Seventh grade, he spoke that truth into my life, and the seed was planted. 
So I really do give a lot of credit uh, to that chapter of my life, that influence that Matt had in my life, to where I'm at today. Now, I share this because I'm confident that each one of us in this room can be a Matt to someone else. And that's kind of the premise of our conversation today. And I'm actually very confident that each of us um, can walk away making sense of this because it actually applies to all of us in the room. So let me demonstrate this here for a second. You're probably wondering, why is there a balloon? Well, here we go. All right, so, um, you know, I had to laugh. I said, hey, would someone mind picking me up a helium balloon with a weight? And of course, it's taller than me. This is the story of my life, all right? <clears throat> I feel like uh, interacting with people, I'm always looking up to people, right? Uh, so something that's funny in middle school ministry, sixth and seventh grader, it's like eye level, and then eighth grade hits, and there we are. I'm like, hey, how's it going up there, right? I missed that stage of my life, all right? I just stopped growing, all right? So anyway, here we are. This balloon, I actually want us to um, just quickly understand the idea of influence, all right? Understanding the role of influence in our lives. And so I want us to all think of it this way, that every single one of us in this room actually have people who are before us influencing. Now, what I'm not talking about is just like how we conduct and live our lives. Like, hey, we're doing good deeds, we're treating people well. Like, yes, all of that is great, I'm actually talking about a specific type of influence. I'm actually talking about spiritual influence. Every single one of us have individuals who are before us who are spiritually influencing us. It could be a parent, another family member, a mentor, it could be a teacher, a coach, a pastor, right? We have individuals in our lives, and this isn't just a conversation of influencing those who are younger than us and those who are older. It's not about age. All of us have people who are gonna set a spiritual influence in our lives. So there's people before us. There's also people who are beside us, all right? And I really appreciate the individuals in my life who I get to link arms with I get to run after Jesus together with someone who is going to encourage me, someone who is going to like pick me up when I'm down, or if I'm struggling, I can go to them and say, hey, would you keep me accountable in this area? We have individuals who are like-minded, who are running after Jesus, where we can link arms with and go forward. Then there's the role of those who are behind us. I need us to understand that it doesn't matter where you are, whether you know Jesus or not, you have influence. Your life is setting an example for others to follow. Now, you hold the keys to whether or not that's going to be a positive or negative influence, but you are influencing. And I want us to simply model and understand, all right, that there are examples for us to set, so you're being influenced at the same time, there are people that you're influencing. So this is a conversation uh, for everyone here in the room. And, and let me just reiterate this, because uh, here at Grace, we'll use a term. Uh, people looking at us as the example that's being set, we're linking arms with people who might be in the same stage of life or like-minded that we get to encourage one another. The Bible says spur one another along. 
at the same time looking ahead at the example that's set for us. The term that we would use around here at Grace is discipleship. Matthew chapter 28 says, go and make disciples. Well, those disciples should then make other disciples who are making disciples and so forth. That's what this process really is when we understand who Jesus is in our relationship with him. Now, I also understand that all of us in the room, those of you watching at Montrose or online, right, we're all across the map when it comes to our walk with the Lord, our relationship with him. For some of us, we would say it's like, hey, uh, I've been journeying with Jesus for a long time. I feel connected to him. I feel close to him. For others, you're like, listen, I know who the Lord is, but I feel very distant right now. Or maybe some of you are sitting here or watching this right now that you're like, I'm searching. I, I don't know if I know who he is, but I'm searching for something. Now, I want us to understand that wherever you are in that, that's okay. We're, we're all across the map here. That's good. But this is a conversation for all of us. And so as we press in here, all right, I want us to kind of grasp um, kind of a concept here. And I have to just kind of preface this. I want to make sure that as you're sitting here today, that you're not, in a sense, disqualifying yourself or disregarding the conversation because right now I'm just focused inward. And what I mean by that is like, look, I'm, I'm just worried about my walk with the Lord and, and I'm just going to disregard the people who are before me and the people who are behind me. I'm just right now looking inward. And I need us to understand that though that might be where you're at, I don't want you to, to be tempted to disqualify yourself out of the, the power of influence. You see, I, I said this way, as we talk about being superficial, all right, um, I think a superficial mindset is defined by thinking about what God is doing only in you. All right, it's okay to do that at times, but I'm saying that a superficial mindset is going to be defined by thinking about what God is doing only in you instead of focusing what he longs to do through you to impact others. See the difference there. Superficial mindset is only focusing on what God's doing in you instead of focusing what he wants to do through you. You can say it this way, based out of Romans 12, that a superficial mindset will copy the behaviors and the customs of the world. A transformed thinking is acquiring what we're talking about today, a missional mindset. And to simply define missional mindset, all right, is simply understanding that God desires to work through you to impact other people. So let's just uh, kind of recap this and think about this, all right? <clears throat> the more we think of ourselves inwardly and only of what God's doing in us is gonna result in a superficial mindset. We're gonna become more superficial. But the more that we think of others in outward in how we're being used by God, the less superficial we will become. And so this idea of a missional mindset, acquiring a missional mindset, is actually going to put you and I in a position to understand that we can influence both practically and spiritually in other people's lives. And so here's the question that I want us to wrestle with today. How do we become missional in how we influence others, in how we really love others and not fake it, 
in also how we think? That's the question I want us to wrestle with. How do we become missional in how we influence, how we really love, in how we think? And as we pick back up in Romans chapter 12, I actually think Paul, uh, the author of this book, does a great job of laying out a roadmap to help make sense and give us an answer to this question. So let's take a look at these verses again. Romans 12, 11 through 13. Never be lazy. Work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them and always be eager to practice hospitality. I want to pull out six things. All right, they're already underlined, so you know where they're coming. But as we look at these couple of verses here, I really believe that if we can put some of these things into practice, we will come out of a superficial mindset and into a missional mindset where we can be used by God to impact other people. Now, you would think that it would make sense to go in order, but I'm not going to do that, all right? Because I think we need to start somewhere in this verse first to set a foundation, all right? And it's actually right here. Rejoice in our confident hope. The first thing we need to do is rejoice in hope. Well, what do you mean by hope? What, what is the hope? It's the hope that is found in Jesus Christ, Knowing and understanding that Jesus came to this earth, lived his life, went to the cross, laid down his life, died, three days later rose again so that we can experience an eternal life with our God. It's the gift of salvation. It's free. It's available for all of us. And what Paul is saying here is rejoice, find joy in our confident hope of knowing who he is. We need to start there when we think about having a missional mindset, not focused only on what God's doing in us, but what he wants to do through us. This is the truth, the hope that is found in Jesus. This is the foundation. And the cool part is that that joy that we find in the hope will overflow from us, and then we pick up with where he left off. Work hard and serve enthusiastically. He's like, don't be lazy with it, but because of what Jesus has done for you, work hard, serve with enthusiasm, give who you are to be used by God. Earlier in, the, in chapter 12 there, you'll see that this is a form or an act of worship to God. As, as an act of worship, we can work and serve with enthusiasm to be used by God, to be willing to be used by him in powerful ways. And do it with enthusiasm, excitement, and an eagerness to be used by him. So a missional mindset is gonna start by finding joy in the hope, and then we work and we serve the Lord with enthusiasm. The next one he says is be patient. Now that's interesting, because you look at the verse, he says be patient in troubles. <clears throat> following Jesus, I, I'll be real with you, it doesn't get easier after you start a relationship with him. Sometimes it can be very difficult to run after Jesus. Why? Look at our world. Chapter 12 here says the, the customs and behaviors of our world, listen, that's gonna put you down a path and everything about who Jesus is, is will counter what the world is saying. And so sometimes following Jesus is very difficult and we will experience trials, we will experience troubles. But Paul is saying, he's like, hey, be patient in those moments. Why is he encouraging us to be patient? 
Because he's working. Because God is still with us. He's moving in powerful ways, even though we cannot see him. In the moments of troubles, he is working, so be patient. So a missional mindset, finding the joy and the hope, working with enthusiasm, being patient even in the difficult moments. And the next thing he says is to pray. I love this one. Continue to pray. And as we think about influence and being missional, we have individuals, right, who are looking on to us as an example. Whether it is a friend, whether it is a student that we lead, uh, whether it is a peer, we have people looking on to our spiritual example in our lives. It's what we choose to do with it. But what I love about praying is that we get to go to our almighty God on their behalf. We get to go to God and say, Lord, would you do miraculous things in that individual? Would you meet them where they're at? Would you help them make sense of who you and your son Jesus are? We get to pray. It's the greatest really weapon and tool that we have to fight for those that we have influence over, to pray for them. God is the one who ultimately works who ultimately saves, not us. We set examples, we give a pathway and a direction to go, but the Lord is the one who is doing that work, and so we should be praying. The next one is practice hospitality. I love this one, right? Because here's why. I think it's the front line to making Jesus make sense. I think hospitality is the front line to making Jesus known to those that you're setting the example for and influencing. Here's why. If you open up your home, if you provide a meal, if you are simply kind, you're creating a safe environment. You're creating a place where now we're sharing genuine love and not just faking it. And when someone experiences a real love, the door is now open for the gospel to be shared. They're going to be more inclined to listen to you sharing about the ultimate love that God has for them. Hospitality is the front line. It's one of the greatest things that we can demonstrate to other people. And let me just be real with you. Plus, who doesn't like food, right? Food goes so far. I work with students. We have food in everything that we do. I'll let you in on my little secret, right? I uh, love taking students out for lunch, getting time with them, catching up. Um, It's also some strategy. Food will bring the barriers down and they'll be open to talk, but then if the conversation gets awkward and it's silence, just take a bite of your sandwich, right? It fills the time. Food goes a long way, but man, hospitality will help us develop this missional mindset. And then lastly, help those in need. This is the area where I think we can ignore or fake it the easiest because we'll make excuses. Someone else will do it. Or, you know what, I'm I'm not feeling it today. It was a rough day. I'll, I'll just do it later. But genuinely stop and start to have impact. Begin helping those in need. You know, it's fascinating as we talked last week about our gifts uh, and how we to, are to use them to really love others well and, and real and not superficial. <clears throat> You're looking at this list, or at least I did, and I'm like, I'm really good at some of them, but not all of them. 
Some of you, like your head started to nod when I said hospitality. You're like, yeah, I'm good at that. That's something that I enjoy doing. And that is like a gift that God has given to you. Others of you, you're like, I am a prayer warrior, right? And we have got a, a, a large group of people who literally want to be praying for other people here at Grace, right? As we see this list, we're not gonna perfect all six. We're not gonna do well in every area, and that's okay. That's the beauty of us being a body of people, where God has gifted us uniquely to put into practice these areas so that we can influence and have a missional mindset together. And I'll be real with you, it is easier to say these things than to do them and put them into practice. We must know that our world is pushing us to be superficial. The behaviors and the customs of our world are gonna put us down the path of faking it. We need to stop and understand that there's an opportunity to transform our thinking and knowing that we can become missional. As those seeing our example, we can lead closer to who Jesus is. As I was preparing this week, I'll be real with you, I couldn't get uh, my youth pastor, Matt, out of my head. Um, because as I was studying Romans 12 here, I'm like, oh my goodness. He was a living example of Romans 12 in my life. Because like, I look at this list, and I'm like, I knew that he loved Jesus and he had a joy with it. But I'm like, man, patience? Not only did he have patience in the Lord, but he was patient with like 13-year-old version of me. And boy, was I difficult, right? Uh, he was patient with me. He committed to praying for me. Every time I was with him, we always ended with prayer. He always prayed for me. And I knew that he and his wife committed to doing so with me. They took me under their wing. Hospitality, every Sunday after church, every Sunday after church, I'm over at their house having lunch. They always invited me over. Uh, they were a young family. They had three kids at the time under the age of six. I'm pretty sure they have like eight to 10 kids now. <laughs> Power to them. Um, but hospitality was demonstrated firsthand to me. And I got to sit around a table with their family. And I was loved on. They created a safe environment for me to like ask questions. And I got to see an example of a healthy family because 13-year-old version of me wasn't getting that anymore. And they helped those in need. There was something that Matt shared with me that stuck with me that literally changed the trajectory of my life. He said, Todd, listen, we have a heavenly father that can take the place of any earthly father. You need to understand as a 13-year-old, I wasn't making sense of what was happening. I just knew that I had a void. And he allowed me to see that I have a God who loves me that can fill that void. He helped a 13-year-old who was in need. My encouragement for us in the room today is that you can be that mat to somebody else. You can be a mat to someone else. It doesn't have to be a 13-year-old. It can be someone who's older than you. But you can have influence. Pastor Jeff uses a, uh, a term that I think is required in this arena, and it's a predetermined yes, right? You've heard him talk about that, uh, and if you're new, I'll explain it here. But basically, coming into a situation where you're being asked, maybe helping someone who's in need, and you're coming into it with a mentality that you're like, I'm all in. 
what's required. I love that phrase, and I hate it at the same time. Because sometimes we have to have a predetermined yes to be used by God to influence other people, to have this missional mindset. Because he might have you exactly where he wants you to make his name known. Every day, every day I wake up and I think about how am I going to have an impact? Every day I have to wrestle with, all right, Lord, it's not all about me, but rather it is about how you're going to use and work through me. And so the why, you're like, Todd, why is this a big deal? Why is this important for me? It's because it's, it's a form of worship to God. You can take those six areas and put them into practice and begin developing this missional mindset so that you can serve the Lord and worship him and give him your all. But it's also a great way to love other people, genuinely love them, not being superficial. And so what I want to do is just help us understand kind of like examples of what this looks like for us. What does it look like to actually have a missional mindset? So you have the superficial one, the behaviors and the customs of the world, and then you have a transformed thinking, this missional mindset. If you're a high school student in the room or you're watching, I I think that you get bombarded by uh, the customs and the behaviors of the world, and you, you tend to think that you have to have your entire life mapped out before you graduate high school. You've got to know what you want to study. You've got to know what you want to do for a career if you don't do school, right? You're like, you have to have this, this mapped out, and it is an unbelievable pressure that you face as a young person. And I will also tell you that it's a lie. Because I think that there is a mindset, a missional mindset that you can develop and acquire here that will help you understand that you can identify who God has gifted you and created you to be exactly the way that he wants you. And you can take those giftings, you can take your identity in Christ and who he's made you to be, and you can have a missional mindset to go and make a difference no matter what you do. Now, it's great to have a plan, right? I'm not saying that. But I'm saying, what if we took the pressure off of figuring out, trying to have everything figured out before I graduate and say that no matter what I do, this is who God's made me to be and this is the impact that I can have for the kingdom with this missional mindset. I know that I can influence other people at the same time being influenced to have a missional mindset. Maybe you're a young adult or a college student. The the customs and the behaviors of the world are actually going to bombard you with this mindset. That you can remove yourself from the equation of influence because you're not established yet. All right, think of it this way, right? Uh, at that stage of life, and, and we've all been there, you're like, I'm not attached yet. I, I don't want to jump in and influence because I don't know if I'll be here in a year or two. And so what we do is we actually disqualify ourselves from this equation of influence because we're not attached yet. So I'm just going to live up the best life I can right now, and I'll figure it out later. That's what the world will bombard you with. But a missional mindset will actually identify and understand that God has you exactly where he wants you right now. And you can influence. 
that you have probably the greatest impact of you thinking the generations right below you because they're looking up to you. So don't worry about like being established. Look at the moment you're in where you can have the missional mindset to be used by God. Maybe you're a parent in the room. I'm, I'm a parent. I have two kids. I have a seven-year-old. His name's Graham. And then I have a four-year-old. Her name's Willow. Uh, and I'll be honest, I, I wrestle with this uh, quite a bit. And maybe it's just my own insecurity. But um, I think the world hits us as parents thinking that we want to do nothing to jeopardize the relationship with our kids because we would never want them to go down the wrong path. Right? We know what the world has to offer. We know the influences that they have out in the world. And we as parents, we know it's a safe environment and so we would want to do nothing to jeopardize our relationship with them so that they make poor choices and go down a path. I, I feel this weight and I, I don't like it and I don't want that. So what we need to do is begin transforming our thinking and realizing that a missional mindset will help us understand that you don't have to do it alone that you as parents need an army around you. That you can have loving, caring adults who are before your children, who are setting an example of what it means to run after Jesus as fast as we can. Allow that army to speak in to your kids as well. The last group, uh, I'm, I'm just calling seasoned adults. All right, uh, empty nesters. Uh, you have some years under you, right? You've got life experience. See, life is gonna, or excuse me, you're gonna be bombarded with a, a behavioral and customs of the world thinking that you have nothing to offer or, or you, you can't make sense of the next generation or those behind you uh, because you're so much further in life and so you have nothing to offer and so you just bow out. And I want to help you see that I think that is the farthest thing from the truth because a missional mindset will help you understand that as a seasoned adult or empty nester, you have the most to offer. You have the wisdom and the experience and the years to be able to share with those who are looking on to you as an example. Don't believe the superficial mindset of the world Look at how Christ can work in and through you as a seasoned adult to have impact. Now, it might not be younger kids. You're like, Todd, I, I just can't do little kids anymore. That's fine. What if it's their parents? What if you were the grandparents of discipleship in this process where you can impact and influence a generation of parents to where that will in turn impact the younger generation? Seasoned adults, empty nesters, you have an incredible opportunity to really influence those around you. So a missional mindset is transforming the way we think by not focusing on what God is doing in us, but through us. Not only what's in, but through. Here at Grace, I want you to understand that we have a missional mindset. We care about this stuff. We want to meet people where they are to help them understand who Jesus is. And I love that here at Grace, we're committed to kids and students. All right, I, I'm not biased, maybe a little bit, but I love that that's a value of our church because it's so often, it's very common that we will have a child or a student begin a relationship with Jesus and they will go home 
and begin impacting their home. We have had parents come to a saving faith in Jesus Christ because their child met Jesus first. So think about this. It's not about age. Our children can influence us. Our kids and students need loving, caring adults to influence them. But adults, we need the kids as well to bring us back to a a childlike faith of understanding even the basics of who Jesus is. I'm grateful that my kids have understood that truth. And I'm telling you, I'm reminded by it often. As you think about family ministries and what I was sharing with you earlier about uh, the changes that are happening, that's rooted in a missional mindset. Coming off of Sunday nights and positioning it on a Wednesday night was very intentional because we want our young people to see that this is a place where they can link arms, right, beside you, to be encouraged, to feel like they have a safe community and environment to explore Jesus and to be motivated and pumped up to have the joy to go back into their school for the rest of the week and serve the Lord. I tell our young people all the time, do you understand that you have what it takes to change this world? Could you imagine if the young people here just starting at the Bath Campus of Grace Church got on fire for the Lord and we sent them back out into the local schools here? Akron changes. Our community is different. Our world begins to change. I believe it. And I don't want our students to hear the lie that they can't do that. And so moving to Wednesday night was very intentional so they could have that. But I also want you to know that we care about you all as a family. One of the biggest pieces of feedback that we got when we were processing this move was that Sunday night is a really big family night for us. And we as a church don't want to compete. We understand that that's not for everybody, but I do want you to make the most of that evening. We've created margin, something that you would have been used to doing. Don't backfill that. Don't backfill that with the superficial stuff. What would it look like for you as a family to be missional together? For you to have influence in your family during that time as you prepare for the week. So don't backfill it. I challenge you to be missional together. And then lastly, I'd be foolish to not uh, let you know that we have individuals here at Grace who are in need. We have individuals right here at Grace who are in need. I want to share with you a quick stat as I wrap up. 70 to 80% of students who go off to college walk away from the church and to be assumed their faith. All right, 70 to 80% of students will go off to college and walk away from the church and to be assumed their faith if they aren't connected to a church and a loving, caring adult. Here's a survey by Campus Crusade, a a college ministry on campus, a Christian ministry on college campuses. They asked how many students will connect with a Christian group like Crew uh, or a local church at college. Here's what they found. 28% of them will connect to one of those if the college student had a local church in high school. Or, or before that, if they had a local church, much like Grace Church. That number jumps to 48% if that student had a mentor in their home church. 48% will connect to that college group or a local church. 
it jumps to 57% if that mentor stays in contact with them throughout college. And then lastly, 66% of students will connect if someone helps them get connected to that group or that church prior to going to college. Now, why do I share this stat with you? Influence makes a difference. God-loving adults make a difference. I do what I do because 70 to 80%, it's not acceptable. That stat breaks my heart. I want our young people to stick to the foundation of who Jesus Christ is as they head off to college. I want them to know Jesus personally. And I want them to be surrounded by loving, caring adults. Because look, it matters. It makes a difference. I want to challenge you to think about those who you're influencing. What would it look like for you to take a step and jump in? Maybe it's Power Kids, student ministries, collective or young adult ministry, other areas around the church ministries, sports ministry, in our community. It doesn't matter to me. I just want us to understand that we are influencing and we can come out of having a superficial mindset and knowing that, that God wants to work through us and we can acquire this missional mindset that way. If you want to jump in, look, that QR code there in front of you will lead you to the weekly. There's a place right there where you can sign up and make a step today. The band's going to come out and get settled in. And uh, <clears throat> as they do, I, I do want to remind you of one thing. Uh, we as a church have the heart to create avenues and opportunities for you to use the gifts that God has given you. And honestly, we want to invite you into using those gifts to really serve and work hard enthusiastically for the Lord. And so I ask that you invite us into that and let us know how we can help connect you if that's a, a step that you're wanting to take. But the last thing as we look at Romans 12, to rejoice in our confident hope. That's the why. That's the backbone and the heartbeat of everything that we talked about today. It is because of the gospel, the truth of who Jesus Christ is. And I want you to know that we love you guys, we care about you. And if you're sitting here today or watching online or over at Montrose, if you're here searching, if you feel empty, you feel hopeless, I'm gonna challenge you to grasp the truth that it's Jesus that you're waiting for. It's him. As we think about influencing, it's not about just acting better. It's not behavioral based. It needs to be rooted into something. And Jesus is what we need to root that influence in. And so tonight, if you're here and, and, and you're, you do feel that hopelessness and that emptiness, I, 
would love to invite you to explore what it would look like for you to explore Jesus. I'd love to talk with you. Find someone out in the lobby. Man, let's, let's talk. Let's, let's start influencing each other side by side here. And then as you're thinking and looking at this challenge for you personally, maybe it is God tugging on your heart to step forward and to begin having that impact and influence on someone else. Would you pray with me? Jesus, thank you. I'm so grateful that you work in, in just unbelievable ways in our lives. God, I pray that you would help us understand that we can come out of this superficial mindset and develop a, a missional one to be used by you, that you want to work through us, Lord. And so God, would you just meet us here right now? As we sing these songs, Lord, would you help us reflect on what you're doing personally in our lives? Yes, that is important, but God, how you can work through us so that the truth of who you are can be made known to others. And God, if there's someone sitting here today who does feel empty or hopeless, would you meet them here, Lord? Would you put somebody else in their path here today that maybe even a glimpse of hospitality would open up the door to making sense of who you are? We love you, Jesus. We pray this in your name.